Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Sugarcoated Murder, where we'll discuss and probably inappropriately laugh about and comment on. Yep, one of our favorite subjects murder. murder. Oh, and we love to bake. And why not combine our two favorite subjects baking and killers? Well, hello. Hello, Karen Devaney. Hey, Ann Barner. We've got some really exciting stuff going on today. We really do. Yes. We, first off, Today, you're not going to be hearing the whirring sounds of the mixer and the timers on the oven because we're on location today. We are, and you're not going to hear trout either. No, no trout, but All you darn. will hear the making of lattes, the hum, <laughs> and the and the excitement of the day to get started with people coming in to get coffee and fresh treats, and we are... Right now in the Loco Cafe. Yes, and it's on Clements Ferry Road. It is. It is. It is a great place. We come here often. Yes, they have we great do. coffee. They have great baked goods. They have great breakfast sandwiches. They're open they till two, lunch. and they do um, breakfast all day. They do lunch. They do pretty much everything. They have incredible cinnamon rolls that they sell out. And they of. are one of, I think, the only place in this in the Low Country that has a coffee roaster connected to their shop. Yes. So all of the coffee that they sell is Loco Coffee. Uh, coffee. Coffee. <laughs> coffee. Right right. <laughs> um, they exclusively sell the Loco Coffee. That they roast is, on site. Yeah. Which is amazing. Delicious. So when you walk in here, it smells so good. It does. And everybody's so friendly. They've got a drive-thru. Yes. Which is wonderful. You they can call do. ahead and order something, drive through, pick it up. They're, it's they're wonderful. just really awesome staff. Awesome people. Everybody here is so nice and accommodating, and they have let us, graciously let us record. Yes. So, and we brought friends. We brought friends Yay! today. Oh my gosh. So, we have two friends. We have Bruce and Andrea, and we're going to let them introduce themselves so that they can tell you only the things they want you to know about them. So, we're going to start <laughs> with Andrea. We're going to let the girl go first. The broad. The broad. <laughs> Broads first. Well, thank you, ladies. It's so good to be here. This is Andrea St. Amand, and I'm an evidential psychic medium, and I love ghost stories. I love telling Yay. ghost stories. Uh, and I just gave it away what we're going to do today. It's okay. Just came, the cat came know. right out of the bag. Perfect. It's okay. Cat out of bag. We were looking for somebody to let the cat out of bag. You did a great job. Thank you. Cat's been in long enough. Yes. <laughs> so today we're going to do uh, ghost stories, but specifically they're going to be of uh, people who were murdered oh. and whose ghosts That's came exciting. back after the murder. And yes. what do these ghosts have to say? How do they act? What can we learn from them? I think that's very exciting. And then we have another friend, because we have two. 
I we have two friends. Oh we made two friends this year. If if nothing else comes out of this podcast, we can honestly say that we've made two friends. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Bruce may not call his friend we, yet, but maybe well, by I the think end we've of made it. him as a friend. We just don't know if by the end of the year he's still our friend. Right. So, <laughs> he's, our, he's our temporary friend. I think we've roped Andrea in very well, but we're we're still talking a little bit. At I don't know. I think Bruce had this brilliant idea to start with the ghost story. Well, that's mm-hmm. very true. What so, did they, Bruce, what did they say? Birds, yeah, what did they say? A bird's of a feather, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So yeah. here we are. All so who right. are you, Bruce? I'm Bruce Orr. Um, nice to meet you folks out there in Radio Land. Um, <laughs> but I am a retired former homicide investigator. Mm. So I think I kind of fit in a little bit with this group. You do. I'm also um, a local author. And I always had an interest in our folklore and legends and ghost tales. And I always liked to uh, enjoy those as a child. Grew up with a particular book um, called Charleston Ghost by Margaret Red Martin. Had a lot of great tales in it. And um, I basically cut my teeth on that book. My dad got upset because of the ghost tales in it horrifying me and made my mom take the book away so he could get <laughs> sleep at night. Oh, gosh. So, Which made you want it even more. Exactly. And... Um, Love the ghost tales, so after I retired, I kind of combined the uh, investigative ability and started looking into those ghost tales and started writing books. That's so I kind of like it with a little twist, you know. Uh, yeah. As we, Andrea just mentioned, a ghost tale with a twist. Uh, I love a twist. Back yes, And taking definitely. care of business. So, Bruce, if I wanted to buy one of your books, how would I do that? Uh, you'd use money. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, and um, cards because coins are scarce. That's what they say. That's what they say. I'm sitting here right now. I can pay for my book in coins. I can (laughs) too. I feel like my purse is so heavy, but it's just because I'm dang pennies in there. (laughs) You can can find my books. My two publishers are History Press, which is now Arcadia, and Schiffer Publishing. And you can find them through both of those locations or Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can go in and put my name in, Google it in the author page, and it'll pop up all the books that I've done. Okay, wonderful. Super. All right, so like we said, we're going to talk about ghost stories. We are, and I think that we're just going to dedicate the month of October to ghost stories. I think it's a good idea. I I think think that's what we're going to do. We're going to try our best to find as many ghosts around as possible and try to connect with them and see if if they'll come on the podcast. Oh, that's not what we're doing. No. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought we were going to like... You've yeah. got a medium here. I was about to say, yeah. she can help. Yeah. We don't want ghosts following us around. No, we're going to go find them. No, no, we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about them. I just them. feel like my my idea is a little bit more adventurous. Okay, but the first time something spooky happens... Oh, I'll be scream. so scared. I know. <laughs> and I won't be able to sleep without a light on. I know. Your husband's going to love it. He's going to send me to your apartment. And, and say, I'm going to say, door's it. been locked. Sorry. No entry after oh, mine. Yeah, I was the kind of kid. I, my parents would not let me watch scary movies because... I watched one, and I literally slept. They, My mom got to the point that she just locked her door, so I would stop coming in, and I would sleep right by the door, like, str- yeah, oh, like no, stretched out. picturing in your mind like a three-year-old. No, I'm telling She's in high school. High school. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not yes, that sad. It was horrible, and then I would sleep with all the lights on in my room, which drove my dad crazy because that's electricity. Right. 
so yeah I, and then then after that they were like no more scary stories for right, you. I, went, right. I saw the first Friday the 13th and literally I, I watched it through a blanket <laughs> I went to a friend's house and a bunch of people were there and I was so afraid that my neighbor across the street had gone with us and he drove we had all gone together and he drove and I made him park his car and walk me to my door because I was so afraid that Jason was in the bushes at my house and he was like I can't believe we're doing that. no to me that's smart I agree. Right. I mean, how many stories do you tell where there is a guy waiting in the bushes? Exactly. So, There's so many. Just, and so I'm just saying, we didn't have a lake, smart. but we had bushes, and I just felt like he was in there. So. Right. So, Are you going to be okay with our stories today? We don't know yet. Well, I'm going to be okay while I'm sitting here, but tonight when I go to bed, I might have to have a nightlight. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Let's, let's get started. <laughs> yeah, so let's get started. I think we're going to start with Andrea today. So she's gonna um, she's gonna tell us one of her ghost story murder ghost stories, and we're just gonna chime in and ask questions. But the floor is yours, Andrea. Take it away. All right. Well, this is one of my favorite ghost stories. Do we need to clear? Okay. No, no, you're good because it's all the noise in the background that people okay. love so much. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's proof that they're grinding the coffee right here on site. Yeah, I think they're making some sort of a frozen drink. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a margarita. <laughs> so, um, do we need to like clear the room of any spirits or ask them politely, please don't come in and connect to us? Why would we do that? Why? We want them to talk on the podcast. The spirits? Yeah, I would like actually. That would be pretty amazing. Jump into yeah. Bruce's body and just let him start talking in okay. their voices. All right, let's do it. Well, thank you for the human <laughs> sacrifice. Thank you. Oh, yeah. she said, I felt like you would be brave enough that you could take that. Uh, well, it, it has happened before. Jack Daniels has actually spoken for me many a times, but that's another story. So I just uh, I've had that happen yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I, again yeah. we're bonding as we go. Kindred spirits. You guys right do here. realize. You're talking to a medium. Yeah, that's what yeah. I do for a living. <laughs> Ghosts come in, they talk to me, and that's they talk how we know me. you do yes. dim with. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're, take we're it ready. Away. We'll see if we get this first one. I don't think we will. We're just going to tell a story. Okay. All right. So we are in Charleston, South Carolina, and the story takes place here. And as some people may or may not know, a lot of people associate Charleston with the Civil War, but Charleston has played a tremendous part in the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there a lot of the plotting and planning um, before uh, the Revolutionary War started started here in Charleston. Um, so the the war is going on, and we have a patriot here uh, who's out fighting, and his name is Isaac Hayne. And he was very well respected in the community. Um, the patriots, his uh, he was captured at one point um, by the British. And he was allowed to return home, he and the other men that he was fighting with. So this is how war went back in those days. The men that the British caught, um, they, the, I guess the officers, the gentlemen, they weren't put in a prison or anything like that. They weren't prisoners of war. They were actually allowed to return home to their families. Oh, it's oh like a gosh. catch and release program. Exactly. <laughs> tag and release. It was tag and release. Tag and release. On the condition that these patriots do not go back and fight for the patriot cause. Uh, they actually had to go home. Okay. Gotcha. So Isaac Hayne returns home. He actually lived outside of, just, just outside of Charleston. When he returns home, he discovers that uh, his wife is very ill. Um, and one of his, I think it's his youngest son, was 
very, very ill. Um, and Bruce, do you remember how many children he had? Three sons? I feel like he had three sons. I might be wrong there. Anyway, wife was very ill, son was very ill. Um, medicine was very hard to come by back in those days, and you had to go into town to get it. And so Isaac Hayne, um, at that point, the British had taken Charleston. So the British... Uh, all the soldiers were in Charleston, the government, the town hall, so to speak, um, which is now the exchange building for anybody who knows Charleston. Um, they were set up in the government offices running Charleston, the British war. Oh, oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Isaac Hayne, in order to get medicine for his wife and his children, he mm. had to come into British-controlled territory. Oh, dear. Outskirts of Charleston were still probably technically British-controlled, but they were safe. Mm. So he had to literally walk through the guard, go wow. through the lines. Oh, gosh. And he them. had to get the medicine, and he had to hope that the British were going to honor their end of the agreement, mm. right? And not that capture him, gonna, and they were going to let him, and they were going to believe right. him when he said, "I'm just coming for, for medicine, medicine and not trying to get behind enemy lines." Exactly. I'm just coming for medicine. Let me take care of my family and go back out. So Isaac Haynes facing a dilemma at that point: Does he stay at home, watch his wife and child just wither away and die, or does he take a risk and go into right. British-controlled territory? Sure. Well, as a patriot and a soldier and an honorable man, of course he's going to take the risk. Come into Charleston, do what he can to save his family. He gets the medicine. He goes back out. He hits the edge of edge of Charleston. The British officials let the medicine go through, and they seize Isaac Hayne and they throw him in the dungeon. Oh man! Completely go back wow. on their agreement. Wow. Uh, now Cornwallis was the one in charge uh, at. Uh, of the Charleston forces at that time. And he decided he had wanted to make a, an example out of Isaac Hayne. That if you're a traitor to the crown, um, even though we said you're going to sure. be allowed to go back home, if you try to come back into Charleston, we're going to arrest you. Right. You. Oh. And so in fact, we're not example. just going to throw you in the dungeon. We're going to hang you. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. He just declared, get in the dungeon and let's set a date for your hanging. Oh, Boom. No, That's wait. it. That's there was it. no, like, no. We're going to talk about this, no. or there's no, no. like, trial, no. or... No. no. Colonial no. rule. No. Okay. So Isaac Hayne is in the dungeon, and the dungeon at that time was truly a nasty, disgusting dungeon. Imagine. I don't know if anybody who lives near the low country, when the water rises, oh. that water was coming in the dungeon. Oh, it was God. I can imagine. There's nowhere to go to the bathroom. You're just going yeah, small, you know. tight, and confined. And at one point, it was believed to have held 140 prisoners at oh, one time in that God. confined space. Wow. Very small. And that Eternal. water is nasty. It's nasty. Yes. And I'm Rats, sure he probably was growing mold. Oh. Oh <laughs> I mean, he had to have been. He had to have been covered in insects and everything. Oh, it's terrible. It was honorable. It was ooky. Oh. So there he is down in the dungeon. Charleston, the Charlestonians go crazy. They get yeah. so angry. Now, at that point, a lot of people in Charleston just kind of wanted to go about their business. They did not want to be in a state of war. They, right. they wanted peace. They wanted to keep going about their lives. Sure. But this really, really angered them. So this took a lot of people who had been loyalists. It turned them over to the Patriot side, right. the revolutionary okay. side. Because they saw that they were misbehaving. Those, yes. So people, I mean, lines and British. lines of people would just right. come into the government building and plead for Isaac Hayne's uh, release, for oh, him to wow. be 
um, for for Lord Cornwallis or Earl Cornwallis, I'm not sure exactly what his title was, but for him to show mercy. Sure. Um, now, the interesting thing is the dungeon was right beneath the government offices. Oh. So Isaac Haynes down the dungeon, and he's hearing footsteps overhead from the man who put him down there in the dungeon. That's got to wow. be torture. Absolutely. Torture. So Cornwallis refused any mercy. He set the date for hanging. And, in fact, he had... The coffin built that Isaac Hayne was going to be placed in, and he put it in the dungeon and propped it up against the wall next to where Isaac Hayne was. That's a mean spirit. Horrible. Then. That is bad behavior. In the meanwhile. That is no way for a gentleman to act. I don't think Cornwallis was ever accused of being a gentleman. Okay. Well, good for him. (laughs) My heart is hurting as I'm telling, as I'm Mm. feeling this, because in the meanwhile, um, Isaac Hayne's wife died, and his youngest son and he couldn't died. Couldn't be there with him. Ugh. Couldn't be there with him. That's so he then awful. has two sons left. He, uh, his oldest son, who was I believe around fourteen at the time, was allowed the day before Isaac Hayne's set hanging. The oldest son was allowed to go into the dungeon and say goodbye to dad. Oh, oh how nice! He had to say goodbye to his father. Oh. With his father standing next to that the coffin, coffin that's propped that's up. that's where he's going. Yeah. Oh. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Do we know how long he was in the dungeon before he got hanged? We probably do, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Collect- let's know. ask, Isaac. <laughs> Time doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. But so, I was just trying to figure out, is it like a couple of days? Is it a month? Like, it would have been long enough for the people to actually get an audience. And get there. And okay. get there and have an audience. So at least Cornwall. a couple of weeks. And again, it was, was an there. exhibition. They were making a show of it. They didn't so. want to hang him fast. Yeah. No, They wanted to true. make it a big deal. Right. Wow. And so, probably in there, a day felt like a, a month uh, sure. at least. So Isaac came. Day comes. Morning comes for uh, him to be hanged. The public is gathered um, everywhere. So he would have gone, been marched out of the dungeon and then to the hanging grounds, which if you go directly there, it's a couple of blocks, right? But again, uh, Cornwallis wanted to make this an exhibition. He paraded Isaac (gasps) Hayne all through the streets of Charleston. Oh, my gosh. So Isaac Hayne's sister agreed to take care of the two remaining sons because Uh these children were going to be orphaned. Right. So Cornwallis had Isaac Hayne walk by the house where his sons were inside. <gasps> with his sister. With his sister. Oh, That's, gosh. That is just so it's horrible. Torturous. So Isaac Hayne is paraded by this house, mm. and the sister comes out onto the upstairs piazza, the balcony, and she's trying to hold her composure. She's trying to keep herself together. And when she sees him walk by, she loses it. Of course. And she's just like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this to you. She just loses it. And she said, come back, come back, do anything you can to come back. Like, don't go, don't leave. Sure. He looks at her and he says, I will try. (gasps) Oh, that gives me chills. They keep walking. They go all the way to (laughs) the hanging spot. Okay. He climbs up onto the platform, and Isaac Hayne was actually allowed to say goodbye to his three best friends. And each one of those men shook his hand uh-huh. and said, we will look after your boys. We'll make sure they are raised sure. properly. And his fi- the final man, he said, um, his final, not his final best friend, but the last yeah, man that right. he talked to shook his hand, and he said, you die, you are dying with honor. 
you go with honor, you are a patriot. And Isaac Haynes said, oh. I will try. Oh. I mean, I, got again. I know. Yeah. So he is standing there on the platform. Um, the hangman puts the bag over his head. Oh. The hangman then has an issue getting the rope over his head. Isaac Hain reaches up, helps the man <gasps> pull the rope actually down over his own neck. Oh, my God. And then oh. he dropped his arms and he was hanged. That was it. Right in front of everybody. No. Yeah, but no crying. No. no begging. He just went. That night... After the boys were in bed, the entire house where his sister and the family was living heard the front door open. They heard footsteps come up the steps and go into each one of the boys' rooms. And both the boys knew that was their dad. Oh, my gosh. That breaks my heart. He had promised to come back and try. And he did. He sat down on the bed. And the oldest, we actually know this ghost story because the oldest son ended up writing memoirs later on in his life about those last moments with his dad. And he said, our dad visited us every single night in bed until we were grown men. Wow. 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 honorable ghost. And they always felt like they could talk with their dad. He was there for them. He did not abandon them. He came back. Wow. That is so amazing. That really gives me a lot of chills, too. Me, too. I love that. Such an honorable ghost. And one of the things I... Well, he was honorable in life. He was honorable in the afterlife as well. But he just fulfilled his promise. Like, everything he said he was going to do, he did. Yeah. And I love this story because um, it it, it just shows the intelligence of the spirit world. Yeah. Yeah. That love never dies. I agree. And, And he really was so devoted to his family. So devoted. It also backfired. It backfired with their ideas the of what they were going the to do. The ghost didn't backfire. No, yeah. but the plan did. They were going to make him a martyr to No, they were keep, going to make him an example. Yeah, I mean, British. excuse me, yeah. The, the British, British were going to make him an example to keep the city quelled down. And yes. instead, it reversed, and it made him a martyr. Right. And then more people took up arms, and they ran sure. the British out of the city within oh, the yeah. next year, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Right. 1772. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. He was still fighting the war, too, because he, did. he, he, he did. was really in the spirit of... All of those patriots that yes. took up arms and they so did it on to, his behalf. To basically go along with what he said, he would try, he succeeded. He really yes. did. He, he did, did more than try. He wow. did it. He that did is it. amazing. One of my favorite that stories. That is such Love a that. great story. Cheers such to great Isaac. Wait, go. Yeah. Wait, go. Yeah. Isaac. Cheers, Isaac. We honor Isaac. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. That is great. Thank and you. I love the history. I like the history of Charleston, where, where we are. So, Bruce, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to follow that act, but oh, no see, way! You see, you have to you have to kind of be a little sly with this. So, uh, I reached over to West Virginia because I know oh. the person opposite the table also came from West Virginia. Yes. So oh, I had to yeah. venture out into her territory to there find a uh, a murder case. That's exciting. So we go back to Greenbrier, West Virginia, back in eighteen ninety seven. And there is a young woman by the name of Zona Easter Shue. S-H-U-E, Shue. Okay. Now, Zona falls in love with this ne'er-do-well, this troublesome individual, this traveler. I mean, you know, traveler. a bad boy. So doesn't love a bad boy. That's right. Well, to make you guys even happier and to honor someone that is not here, 
This individual's name was Trout Shoes. <gasps> oh, so wow. I have found oh, you a murderer named Trout. I love it. So, You're a bad boy. Well, I'm catching brownie points all the so way Trout here. Trout so. really is here today. Yes, so Trout is. is here. We do and have a Trout. always said Trout's a bad boy. Yes, a that's bad it. Boy. So. Trout is a very bad boy. Especially <laughs> when I'm around. This particular Trout Shoe, though, he's, he's not a good individual. Um... Now, Zona Heaster Shoe, her mother is Mary Heaster. Okay. Mary Heaster does not like Trout at all. She just has this horrible feeling about him. She refers to him. Her affectionate name for him is the Demon. So, yeah, so that's yeah, really. That's a problem yeah. for your relationship. So, yes, wow. so she's not real thrilled with him. Wow. So January, she's talking to her sister, talking to her daughter. Excuse me and. Telling her this man is no good. I just have this horrible feeling about him. You need to get away from this individual. Of course, we know how that usually works. Yes, it's so just, just want you, them more. That's exactly right. So Zona did. Then in January of 1897, an errand boy comes by the house and he finds her body at the foot of the stairs. Uh -oh. She is deceased. Zona's body? Zona's body is now laying oh, at the foot of the Zona. stairs. Zona is dead. Zona, Zona, had, Zona. Did Zona run off and marry this guy? Um, or he, they showed, just... he showed up in town and she kind of went behind the family's back okay. and married. And oh, they okay. did get so married. Mom okay. is, yes, so she, she is married. married she, is, she is married the demon. So <laughs> mom is not happy and Mom's now she is dead. Okay. Now oh, she's gosh. dead. Yeah, so so they, contact, right. they contact the local coroner. And Coroner George Knapp shows up an hour later. Oh, he's not in a hurry. No. Well, it took a little bit of traveling. It's, it's uh, not like... Well, you, that's yeah. true. It was kind so, of rural. It was rural. So he shows up an hour later, and by this time, the body is moved. Uh-oh. The body is redressed. Oh, dear. The body is upstairs in bed, oh, and my. her husband is cradling the body oh. and crying and sobbing oh, hysterically. he's all up on it. So, now, oh, no. the coroner... He's having problems examining the body, and this is not tradition. You see, when somebody died, they did the investigation, then the body was released to the ladies of that area, and they took care of sure. doing all that. That was tradition mm -hmm. in West Virginia. All the women would, women would dress her. They would tend to all that arrangements. This is completely out of ordinary. Right. Now, the, the husband is so distraught that the coroner can't even do an examination. Oh, I'm sure. So, the information, of course, gets back to Mom, Mary Heaster. Oh. Oh. Mary Heaster's what first... Did, what did they claim happened? What, what did the husband's claim? They said was... that the first ruling, the husband wasn't there. Okay. So, oh. the, coroner, the coroner, without examining her property, said everlasting faint. What? Which is a oh. term for just passing away. And then he basically said it was a condition of... Pregnancy, but oh, nobody knew she was pregnant. So, oh. I guess you know, back in those days, um, she got the vapors. She got the vapors. <laughs> the everlasting feet, and she vapors. rolled down the stairs. Everlasting. Uh, everlasting. <laughs> well, I guess if you faint at the top of the stairs and you fall down and you're dead, it's, it's, it's a correct. It's everlasting. Gosh, but it's so maybe funny. not so necessarily in this case, though. So Mary Heaster, the mom, is informed of this, and her first words is the demon has killed her. Oh, wow. And she is very, very upset about it. 
and she wants answers. Now, when the funeral is held, Zona is taken out into the box, put out in the box. They do the viewing and all that, and there's a pillow and a blanket inside, a, a sheet inside the coffin with her. And Mary goes over, and she takes the sheet out before they take her to the grave. Oh. She takes the sheet home. She notices there's a strange odor on it, and she washes it. Oh. Now, according to the legend, the water in the bucket turned red, and the sheet turned pink, and the water cleared. Oh. And the mom took this as some sort of sign Son, right. that her daughter was trying to communicate with her. Oh, my. So, for the next four weeks, every night she prays, and then she tries to communicate with her deceased daughter. Sure. After four weeks... The first night, she gets what is described as a ball of light. Zona shows up and begins communicating with her. Wow. A and ball tells, her, <laughs> tells her that, you know, she was indeed murdered. Oh, my. The second night, she appears as she did in life. Okay. She talks to Mom, and she says, Mom, she was indeed murdered, that he had attacked her, and he had broken her neck. Oh, my. Oh. And to demonstrate that he had broken her neck... The ghost turns her head completely around. No, I'm out. Karen's not going to sleep back. tonight. That's it. Karen's not going to sleep tonight. And tells her mama, yes, See? he did kill See me. See what he did? Two consecutive <laughs> nights. So for a total of four nights, she comes back and talks to her mom and convinces her mom that she was murdered. Okay. Mom is a woman obsessed. I would imagine. She goes and she confronts the local prosecutor, which is John Alfred Preston. And she starts uh -huh. talking to Mr. Preston. Mr. Preston is basically running her off, thinking this woman is crazy. Yeah, she's Doesn't got want the to hear. Yeah, yeah, she's got something going on. She's not right. So, she keeps pressuring, pressuring him. So, he says, okay, just to basically appease mom, he's going to go out and he's going to talk to some of the people. Okay. That's he nice. starts with the coroner. And then realizes the coroner did not have a proper examination. Oh, my And then he starts talking to the witnesses. And then he's thinking something's not right because he's not too thrilled at the way Trout Shoe is acting. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Trout Shoe. I thought you meant Trout's Shoe. And I'm like, what's Shoe doing? But no. That's the one I'm you're sorry. Trout Shoeing on is yeah, somebody else's so shoe. Trout Shoe. This is an actual person. The, 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 the demon. The demon in the story. So, now, Preston is interested in this case. Sure. And he thinks he's got enough to exhume the body. Oh, wow. Well, Mr. Trout is not real happy about the body being exhumed, but they do it anyway. Mm. And they do the investigation. They do a proper examination. They found out that there are bruising marks on her neck, mm. that she had been choked. Mm. The autopsy revealed that her neck was broken between the first and second vertebrae. Uh, Which is how she could twist that Twist her neck around. around. That's the only location <laughs> that could be broken to where she can spin her head completely around. Oh, yeah. to oh, We're all going to have, have dreams tonight. tonight. Oh, oh. 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 She's going to have her head on backwards. I just knew it. Yeah. Now. Zona. No. <laughs> Trouts. The demon trouts. The, the demon. demon. The husband is arrested. Mm. He is taken to trial. Mm. During the trial, the prosecutor goes up to Mary Heaster and says, Please, 
for God's sake, don't bring up any of this ghost stuff. Don't bring in your Don't bring in part. the fact that you prayed for four weeks and four nights. Your daughter came back yeah. and she told you this. And she's, please don't bring up any of this. Please don't. We will lose this case. Well, she kept her word to the prosecutor. Okay. Oh. The defense attorney wanted to discredit her and brought it up. Oh, yeah. And Since he tried to discredit it. Like right. It backfired. Oh. It is the only United States case where a ghost has testified by proxy <gasps> and convicted what? her own murder. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. See, mama, 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 there you go. Zona testified through her mom what had wow. happened. The jury accepted it. The man was convicted and sent to life in prison. Shut Here's where mouth. it gets even better. Oh, oh so it gets better? They find out that he has been married. Zona is his third wife. Oh, that scoundrel. First wife brought him up on charges of cruelty. Second wife died within a year of marriage under suspicious circumstances. Oh, that Zona is his third wife, and she's now deceased. And she ain't having it. He's sentenced to life in prison and spends three years, one for each wife, before he dies inside prison. Wow. Of some sort of unknown disease in West Virginia State Penitentiary in Moundsville. I hope Zona came and got him. A Someone year said. for each wife. That's wow. nice. Only yeah. United States case where a ghost was allowed that to testify. That is so amazing. Yeah. That's a cool story. And it's got a trout in it. And it has a trout. There you go. And it has a woman scored that is not having it. That's right. She's like, uh-uh, I'm going to get you. And a mother's uh, belief. Yeah. Yes. Mom's, mom's, moms are strong. Yes. I have a question for you. Sure. What strikes me with this is, in your experience as a detective as an investigator have you ever had a body exhumed have you ever even heard that a body like once it's in the ground they'll dig it back up again i haven't I in any strikes me i haven't in any particular cases but i know of cases that have really yeah, where mm-hmm. bodies have been exhumed and re-examined yeah wow. yeah it does happen yep. have you all come across stories we like have. that yeah. Yeah. Them. yeah not only that but the bodies of like if like there's been a couple of cases where like a man was convicted of murdering his second or third wife, and then they go and exhume the, the other wife. And that would have probably yes. in this yeah. day and age, if this case had happened, yeah. and his second wife having died under suspicious they circumstances, would her they would have yeah. dug her up and tried to do some. And there was a case of a woman who was poisoning her husband's, and she they proved the last husband that she killed had died from poisoning, and they dug her up, previous husband's up. And they had all died from poisoning too, oh. and so they used that to convict her of and wow. send her yeah, we to did life. A case. To she was life. she poisoned her daughter. Yes. What? And then um, she poisoned the neighbor's wife. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then her husband. Yes. And then the police were like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And she had been given them rat poison, and they, she was and having this a was, secret affair with the neighbor. Well, she. I well, remember she, the story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I heard so. That. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah. They were able to prove that she had been doing this all along, and this was in the this was a long time ago. It was the 1800s. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was mm-hmm. in England. In England, yeah. Yeah, I remember that yeah. story. Mm-hmm. So they do yes. exhume them. I just would not want to be a part of that. I don't mm-hmm. think I want to open that Mm-mm. casket. You wouldn't sleep and, for the rest of your life. No, <laughs> no, because I, younger, like probably college on, maybe high school. 
I had such a fear of death and dead bodies that if I went to an open casket funeral, I would have nightmares for months about that person coming Come back. Raising and, up? Well, actually, I would I would dream that they were laying on top of <gasps> me, and I couldn't get them off. Oh, God. So they were That's dead, crazy. but on top of me, and it was That's a horrible. running nightmare for the longest time. Just the longest time. And I think the one time that I got, when I finally got over it was when my grandmother died, and I went and saw her, and, and it Gave me a whole different perspective. Was yeah. that which which grandmother? Me, mama. Oh yeah. Well, she and I got the giggles so bad. I know. We got in so much trouble. We had to walk out of the funeral home because we couldn't stop giggling. We couldn't. I mean, I mean you know, that, that's us. Though. Yeah. That's yes. Us. Yeah. Yeah. So we got in. We and got I in think that was the first that time that I had stopped being afraid of dead people. Like I was afraid that they were. For somehow they were going to be on me. They would smother me in my nightmare that they were dead. And I couldn't get them off of me. Ugh. Here's so what's really, really crazy. Difficult. When our dad passed away. Oh, gosh. Oh, wait, you're giggling. I know. You're I giggling. Know. Because, because our dad weird. passed away. And I do I still have pictures of him in his casket and my phone. But we were at the, the funeral home, and it was just the two of us because we yes. went to have coffee with him. That and morning like of there was something just not quite right about his face. It was his hair too. It was in his hair, and we were like our hands were all over his face. Trying to fix it. His hair. Yeah, we finally went and found the funeral director and we're said, like, "You have his something. hair all teased up. That's not that how bad he wore his hair. It's not how he wore it." So then we found the nurse that took care of him, and she came and she came over with the it. comb that she combed his hair with every day, oh, and she fixed his hair yeah, for nice. us before. But we got the giggles so bad. We went to Hardy's because he. Love breakfast yeah. and parties. We brought in our coffee, and he was laid out in the funeral home in his casket. And we pulled up our chairs and sat and had coffee with Dad and talked to him and got the giggles so awesome. bad. Oh, and gosh, we did. Took all these pictures of him laying in there because he really looked very nice. He did. got his hair fixed. Yeah, he looked so good. I was like, Dad, you've not looked this good in a long time. He was in a suit. I mean, he, he just looked he good. Looked nice. yeah. So my my kids think it's so creepy that I still have those pictures on my phone, and I go back and look at them. That's well, a good memory, though. Yeah, it was. It it was memory, a good, yeah. it was a good memory. And if anybody knew our dad, he, he would have loved it because he, yeah, he had such a big sense of humor. Yeah, he had such a, that's where we get our sense of humor. Yeah. Because he had such a sense of humor like that. He would do that yeah. kind of stuff. So. A very sarcastic sense of humor. I think yeah, that would but, be similar to my kids because they was, that, that's, that's the first time we've ever seen him stop moving. Yeah. And they would argue back and forth. Somebody get a stick and see yeah, which one would poke and poke right. and see if he'll move. Here's the funny thing. The day that my dad died, we were all with him. And yeah. my brother, who was very, like, you don't you wouldn't know he was a part of us because he is so serious. So he's very like, serious. Like, as, as funny and as humorous as we are, he is just the opposite. That's how serious he is. <laughs> and so my dad passes, and of course we're all upset, and we're with him and everything. And my bro- but my dad's eyes were open when he passed, and it was kind of disturbing because they were weird. like he was yeah. like wide eyed, like here it comes. <laughs> and so my brother went over just to close his eyes, and my dad let out one last breath. <laughs> And I thought, and he jumped so hard, and Ann and I got to laugh, and we couldn't stop laughing. My brother didn't think it was funny. No. I think that's hysterical. Well, he did, laughing. but he never and, and he was I like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, and he goes, you son of a bitch. I said, he got you, he and got now you will never get him. One last time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, what? Uh, Oh, I don't know. It's, and, and it's pretty sick that we can't find the humor in dad. But you have to. You that have was to. Dad. That I think was that's, dad that's important was. because I know there are a lot of people who've had experiences with a loved one and they're sitting with them and they pass and it's very beautiful and they're surrounded. Our dad passed. It was difficult. It was labored, horrible breathing. I was in a panic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, even I, his I, doctor I, came in and said, "It was terrible." Harry, we talked about this, and you've got to go. It's, oh, wow. It was really, like, really bad. Yeah. And he was. It felt like he was suffering. I know. I know he wasn't. That he no. was already. He gone. was already. Yeah, gone. yeah. but the, the body, body was, was letting, yeah. it letting go. But to watch it was very, very it's difficult. Very so to have that yes. very last moment of him scaring the crap out of our brother. It's hysterical. It was perfect. absolutely it was, it was almost like not, comic relief yeah. at the end. Yeah. And it, tragedy. honestly, yeah. he could not have left right. a better impression. Yeah. yeah. Because my brother deserved it. Right. <laughs> and listen, and, I'm sure that there were people in that neck of, we don't have the best reputation in that neck of the world. <laughs> and I are not exactly... Yeah. Um, Harry's daughters were laughing when he died. Oh, yeah. They've always thought we were irreverent. And we are, but we own it. We're not irreverent. We're not irreverent. We are the most loving people, but we have our father's sense of humor. We do. You have to have a sense of humor, especially in this day and age. Yeah, and we just don't have a great reputation in that town. So, of (laughs) course, you know, it was just one more thing that those newborn girls did. I know. Just one more thing. Going going back to what you said about the ghost tales and growing up, it was my situation. I was terrified of those ghost stories, but I loved them and I was addicted to them and I would get scared of them. And of course, I had mentioned that my mom had to take that book away from me and my dad was upset about it a little bit because I would have those nightmares at night. My grandma came to me and my grandma started telling me about ghosts and about things and houses they grew up in and mm-hmm. things of that but nature. When your grandma was alive or when she was after alive. she, okay. when she oh, was alive. I wasn't sure if the ghost wait, 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 was visiting you at night. That is so nice of her no, to come back to you. No, she was still alive at the time. So oh. what ended up happening is then my uncle, which was my mom's younger brother, started coming forward and started telling these ghost tales and started talking about not being afraid of ghosts and things of that nature and death is a natural thing and he was he in later life became a a minister and um then of course when all when grandma and uncle did it then mom came forward and started talking about ghosts and then they started talking about the connections and living in the haunted houses and then it's a lot like Andrea here starts talking about the comfort of it and the peace of it, sure. and I started losing the fear, and I went from being scared of dead bodies and ghosts to a career in being a death investigator right. and a homicide investigator. <laughs> wow. So I completely flipped the script because really how these stories came about and brought my family closer together on my mom's side, yeah. and there became a history of ghosts, and my little sister loves ghost stuff. She's a school teacher. She's a, to all of the family love the local ghost legends and the stories yeah. and we could sit for hours and hours and throw and just stories talk back about them. right but it's, it was the difference in the fact that my grandmother came forward and started talking about houses that they lived in and you need to talk to your mama about the time this right. happened right. and yeah. then you and go then and say sudden, mama it's like i don't want to talk about it but your uncle thomas was there well then i go yeah. talk to uncle thomas oh, and i get funny. the story then i go back to mom and mom would say hers her side, her side of it, of it. So, right? Yeah, it became a family thing. So sure. again, sitting around talking about ghost tales. Do yeah. you have another ghost tale, Andrea? I do. Oh. And actually, I've already shared my family stuff on an earlier podcast. Yes, yes, yeah. crazy yeah. family yeah. stuff. But yes. Um, so maybe some of our listeners will start telling their own ghost stories to, their, to their kids and scaring their kids. Yeah, and this could be something we pass that. on. And I would then, love it if they would write to us on yes. our email, which we'll give you there at the you end of this, and let us know some of those ghost stories because we'll talk about them. Absolutely. And we'll talk about the it. the ones that work best to keep your kids up all night. 
Yeah, well, none of them. So <laughs> I scare them to death. Our no, kids I'm just teasing. Don't live with us anymore. That's the great part because now we can scare the heck out of them and then they can go on to their own places. Right. Well, I've but, got grandkids. You give them sugar and tell them ghost stories and they stay go. up all night That's with right. those stories in. So that works out. And then they're out the door. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Your go problem. Go, go back to, to mom and parents. dad. That's awesome. So what you got for us, Andrew? All right. A good, a good one. Of course. We have a dead bride. <laughs> She's literally called Harriet Mackey, the dead bride. Oh, That's wow. how the story goes. Um, so Harriet Mackey was the only child of a very, very, very wealthy father. Oh. Harriet's mom died uh, when Harriet was little. Harriet's uh, dad, she was very close to her father. And I believe her father died when Harriet was like 11. So wow. it was young. Um so everyone in the family comes around and they're like, who's getting the money? Because back in the 1800s, this might be before, this might be late 1700s because um, the story takes place in 1803. But so back then, no one's going to leave money to an 11-year-old child. Right. right? Especially a girl. A girl. You'd leave it to your boy, but not leaving it to a girl. <laughs> so all the cousins are coming in, everyone, and pretty much the cousins are like, well, we're next in line. The money's coming to us. And we'll probably, they'll be a little bit set aside for Harriet, we're sure, to keep her, you know, comfortable, comfortable but we'll, we'll get the masses. So the will is opened and read, and lo and behold, every last cent was left to Harriet. Oh, good Yay! Harriet. Oh, Harriet. However, there was a condition. Oh, no. Harriet would not come into her, like, money, what... I guess she would. There would be a trustee that held the money, but she would have control over the money when she either turned twenty-one mm-hmm. or when she got married. Okay. So either one of those events would put the money into into her control. So Harriet gets older. Um, when she's seventeen, uh, she falls in love. Madly nice. in love. Nice. Now she ends up marrying a man who is equally, or not marrying, but falling in love with this man whose family is equally as wealthy oh, as so she is. Not about the money. It's not about the money. Love it. And everyone loves this young couple. They're like, this is a match made in heaven. They are perfect together. They were the it couple. They were it. They were it. (laughs) They were it because this also takes place in Charleston. Yeah. And they were set to be married at St. Michael's, which is very prestigious. The church. Mm -hmm. Harriet had the wedding dress. You know, everything was planned for this huge Charleston wedding. Nice. Wedding of the century. So three days before the wedding, Harriet drops dead. What? Oh, boom. no, Harriet. I know. No illness, no nothing, just boom. She was 17? 17. Wow. So her fiancé is furious. He is like, there is no way somebody poisoned my fiancé. Somebody sure. did this to her to, get the, to get the money. So they, he gets, he's absolutely furious. He gets the authorities involved. The authorities believe him. Okay. Um, and they uh, look to the cousins because the two male cousins were in the house at the time uh, and they're the ones who are going to benefit. Uh, those cousins, you can't trust you them. You can't. Now. You just can't. No. Um, because three days later, that money was going to be out of their right. paws yeah, once right. and for all. So they go to trial. And Holy just, moly. just they on accuse a, just on like this no motive, 
just okay, they, sure. they do find actually that Harriet had been poisoned. Oh, okay. And they do find that she was poisoned with the tea that she had been drinking. Oh, oh not the spot of tea. The spot of tea. Oh, yes. Tainted tea. Probably as she was time. like planning, you of know, the course. final details of yes. her wedding and yes. the flowers are arriving and She's guests are all coming in. Doing the seating arrangements for probably. the reception, which is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Probably. Probably those last minute little details. Yeah, exactly. Where are we gonna sit the cousins? Farther yes. away from me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn um, cousins. So they go to trial. The cousins are accused of murder um, with poison with the poison. Sure. And the jury finds them not guilty. Oh no. Sadly. And the oh, jury actually Harriet. apparently was really hard for them to find not guilty, but they just said they couldn't make the link. That the cousins were the ones who actually poisoned the poison, her right. or instructed somebody else to put sure. the poison in there. There was oh. no linking there. So Harriet's fiance vows that he will bring justice upon them if he has to chase them until the ends of time. Oh, oh nice. that's a juicy story right well, there. Like yes. He's a noble man. Well, on Harriet's wedding day. Um, she's, it's her funeral, sadly. Oh, that's um, awful. But Harriet shows up. <gasps> what? Her ghost shows up at St. Michael's at the point of time where she was supposed to get married. Oh. In her full <gasps> wedding dress. Oh. oh my God, I have chills. I have chills again. It's okay. Uh-oh. You're good. You're fine. I'm knocking things over. It's okay. Well, actually, she, she was Harriet. It was. <laughs> Harriet's walking down the aisle of St. Michael's. Oh my God. So that's in 1803. It is now 2021. People see Harriet to this day on a regular basis in her wedding dress walking down the aisle of St. No Michael's. way. They will open the door. They'll see her walk by the window, but they'll open the door. They'll actually think like I've walked out on a wedding yeah. or it's a rehearsal or there's a photo shoot because she appears that strongly as a flesh and blood wow. human wow. in her wedding dress. So several things about this ghost story are interesting to me. Um, one, we know about it because she appeared right on the day that she was supposed to get married and people started talking about right. this ghost story. Um, two, Harriet's portrait was made. Now, back then, um, portraits were miniatures. Right, Like right. tiny, like little, almost like a little locket. Right. Okay. And her, she was painted in her wedding dress. Sure. Uh, she was painted after she passed away. That portrait ended up in our local museum. Mm-hmm. It then is now in the Yale collection, so no people way. can actually Google Harriet Mackey, the Dead Bride. That's amazing. And see what she looks like. You're probably oh going to Google it right now. You can actually see what she looks like. <laughs> we'll definitely put a picture up when we when we post this. Yes, please do. The other thing that's fascinating to me about this story is that Harriet was never in her wedding dress in St. Michael's in life. Wait. So we're not seeing, you know, a lot of times people see ghosts right. as doing something they used to do in life. Especially like all the time. Residual. All the time. Which is yeah. residual energy. Right. This is Ooh, a ghost. I googled it. <laughs> Don't show Karen. She'll be up for the next oh, century. Gosh, she'll be, she'll no, be it's a lovely, room. it's a lovely portrait. If she's in her wedding gown tonight, gown. I'll be okay. But what's interesting right. is that she's... Um, She's in that wedding gown waiting for her husband, waiting to get yeah. married. And surely by now, her husband has long passed away. Sure he has. So why is she still waiting for him in St. Michael's? I why? think because in spirit, she's still waiting to get married. And I think he's still chasing down her cousins. 
Because oh, so. he vowed he would chase them down through right. the ends of time right. to get vengeance. And maybe they're in hell and he's in hell chasing after them. He and might he be. has not had a chance to hook up He might be making sure they stay in hell. But I, yes. this is a ghost story that I believe is not going to last forever. Because I do believe when he gets revenge on her murderers, he is going to show up in spirit form. There's going to be a horse and carriage away. coming mm-hmm. down Meeting Street. He's going to flung open the doors of St. Michael's and he's going to go in there and claim his bride. And then we will start seeing a bride and a groom ghost and we'll see them leaving St. Michael's. That's what I think. Yeah. So I would love to know the lineage of those cousins because I would want to keep an eye on that whole family. (laughs) Well, they might have come back. Right. But sometimes revenge is not served on the person. It's a curse that's served on their generations that follow. But it might be those cousins reincarnated. It could be. It could be. And Harriet's fiance might have reincarnated to hunt them down. Being Being a detective that sits and watches and listens, I just wanted to bring up something and and thank you. Um, There was a murder committed here at this table. Oh, no. During your story, you said it's now 2021. Thank you for killing off 2021. Oh, gosh! I am glad. I am so glad you murdered this year because I'm tired of it. Let's get rid of the mask. Andrea, stop this. Thank you for killing off that murder. I I think any jury will acquit you for the murder of 2020. It was self-defense, y'all. It was self-defense. Thank you, thank you. I'm not worthy, Andrea. I'm not Not only that, but we're not making that a martyr. Don't come back as a ghost. Please don't. That is crazy. I didn't even pick that up. That That is awesome. awesome. When I said it, it it felt weird. It felt so right. (laughs) Well, maybe this means in 2021, this is all going to resolve itself. Maybe so. Maybe. Have you seen it? Have Have I seen seen the ghost? Harriet? I have. I feel like I have, but it's in my mind's eye. Okay. Like, she's very clear specter to me um and i've told that story a lot standing outside of st michael's yes and you know people will be staring at the windows and i just feel i just feel like i can see her alive like her whole story is very much alive to me same as isaac hayne i think that's why those two stories are um i like them yeah because not all ghost stories feel like 3d right yes but these two really feel so historically compelling yeah well, and I got to tell you, you're a great storyteller because oh, when yeah. you tell the story, I, I can envision it as if it were a movie playing out in my mind. So it's, it's I, I it think, definitely has a lot to do with that. I think is you give it life the way that you tell the story, and I thank and you. I, I think that and same thing with Bruce. Just oh yeah, the whole the way that you all y'all are just naturally born storytellers, and I think that helps us in literally envision it and just. Feel it. Yeah, well, I, I think really feel it. Harriet and Isaac were coming in here and speaking through me. Actually. Right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, so. maybe. Maybe. And Please. maybe Trout, your dog, is really Trout the, the demon. demon. No, because my Trout. Keep him away from shoes. He's, so he's attracted sweet. to shoes. He's then, not. He's right. never bothered my shoes. I'm just saying. He does murder a stuffed toy pretty rapidly. He does. But your dog's too Around too. the neck. <laughs> no. Well, actually, he goes after their head. The head. The, well, what whatever piece he can tear into, and then he rips it like 
to shreds. Yes. And then shreds. he brings you the smallest piece left and wants to play tug of war. Right. That's my With dog. Very yeah. small. Leroy. Piece. Leroy brings you a piece of cotton and wants to play tug of war, and he's like sixty-five pounds. <laughs> like, dude, this isn't. I'm not putting my hand there. Like, I'm not putting my hand in your mouth to play tug of war with a piece of cotton. I will say that Trout's favorite spot to lay is around somebody's neck. Yes, I was at her, I was at her house yesterday, and I'm on the couch, and I was working and making donuts at the same time. And so Trout all of a sudden gets up, and like he's literally laying his head is here. On it's like a shoulder. cat. He's like a cat. So I think he's attracted to necks. And I just, I feel like it's the one and two vertebrae back there. (laughs) Just trying to figure out how to snap it. You're you're talking about the storytelling aspect and how we tell stories. And uh, Andrea and I started working on a few projects together. And um, I don't know if you wanted to share how we met in that story. That's a little bit creepy with uh, um, how we... Would that be appropriate? Yeah, sure. sure. Go right ahead. So I think it's kind of a interesting tale. But you lived. I did live. This is why you're not a ghost right but, now. Yeah, so, but there's a twist to how that all went about, so I don't know. I, I hate to put you on the spot, but yeah, have to. go have for to it. <laughs> so when I first met Bruce, I knew who I knew his name because of the books he had written, and particularly one of them um, I was fascinated by. And so I was helping out bulldog tours and giving tours of our haunted jail. And I had started an early tour, and I was only giving like one tour that night or something. I started a tour, and I had 20 people behind me. And I see this man from across a crowded parking lot. (laughs) Got the papers. And our eyes locked. No. (laughs) No. Not at all. No. No. My heart started pounding out of my chest, just pounding, pounding, pounding out of my chest. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I got all sweaty. I have that. And I was like, "He is a very nice looking man." I have that. (laughs) Well, I found myself staring at his legs. Uh oh. He was in shorts. Oh. And I was, I mean, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) "What is wrong with me? What is going on? This is crazy!" And I've got to entertain these twenty people behind me, and my ears are like ringing. I mean, I was just having this crazy first reaction to this person. They're allergic. (laughs) (laughs) That might be beneficial to her later. Everything in me was probably like, "Run!" I'm just teasing. I'm totally teasing. So I end up giving the tour. I come back out and Bruce had started his tour because they kind of rotate like that. And I thought, well, I want to meet him because of the book. And I really respect like the work he's done with these legends and going back and finding the history behind them and telling the truth of these people. And so I thought, well, I'll just wait till he's done with his tour and I'll introduce myself and that'll be it. Well, I'd kind of forgotten the original reaction I had to him. So I'm sitting, waiting, waiting around for him to get done. He gets done. He walks out of the jail. I had the same reaction all over again. Oh, no. Heart is pounding. My, I mean, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And I'm staring at his legs. <laughs> By the time I get up to him. <laughs> except he's probably thinking, stalker alert. <laughs> As a detective, he probably was. Because yes. the only thing I could say to him. I wasn't like, oh, hello, but I said, I put my hand out, which was all nasty and sweaty, and I said, we have a lot to talk about. Oh. That was it. That's the only thing I could say. I was like, Ugh! And he fortunately just rolled with it and just said, okay, here's my card. We'll have lunch next week. 
Three days later or two days later? Two days later. <laughs> two days later. Now. He went diving. I went diving on a dive project in the Cooper River. Now, this is, of course, we would meet on July 13th. The 13th. Yeah. Right. So, again, I guess a lucky thing was meeting her out of that. But it's um, July 13th, we meet. This all transpires. We're preparing to have lunch. Three days later, I'm diving in the Cooper River. And I have a heart attack. In the water. In the water. In the water. So there you go with the connection of the dive tattoo. She experienced all the Wait, they don't know about the dive tattoo. What I was staring at on his his leg, I was staring at his right calf. And I was too far away to know what I was looking at. But as it turns out, he has a diving tattoo uh, on his leg. And that's what I was staring at. Yeah. So I had, I was 30 feet under and started having experiences and then came up to the top. And when you're diving in the Cooper River, it's whether you've got a partner or not, it's solo diving. So my partner's still down there. You can't see each other. Right. Oh, so uh, long story short, I'm still here and survived it, but I find it. Um, being law enforcement, having worked with the paranormal, <laughs> uh, there are two things. Law enforcement, of course has issues at times, not all, but at times, with attorneys. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I am a and, former attorney. We, we did leave that paranormal, part paranormal, and paranormal, my experiences is with mystics, psychics, mediums, and all that. I've always had issues with them. In fact, I upset one so badly one time, she sent me a, a text, a hex text. Oh. I got text by Hex. Oh. I'm a guy is a glasses half full kind of guy, so at least it wasn't a sex Hex text. Okay. So, I mean, there's always one up. So, again, of all an, a medium and an attorney, yeah. and then I have a heart attack it's all after that. Yeah. I know. So, you know, my first meeting, she caused me to have a heart attack three t- days later. So, exactly. you know, this is a partnership made in hell. I mean, yeah. made in heaven. And um, it works out rather well. But, again, it's my point, the point I'm making is, together, right, right the point that I'm making is, though, that it was interesting. And I can't dispute the fact that every symptom that she had was what I experienced in that river three days it's later. Amazing. And I had a minor heart attack, and I survived it. And Congratulations. To, We're happy yeah, about that. Yeah, either that or y'all be having me talking about me on another podcast. Right. The gators murdered me in the Cooper River. Oh, gosh. Um, Let's not talk about but that. But anyway. That keeps me up at night. That, That's um, crazy. But that is an interesting way to meet and yeah, um, yeah. So I can't, so I can't dispute that. So, so glad that you guys met. Yeah, so because that it's you beneficial to us that you all yeah. met. Yeah. 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 And glad that you took time out of your day to yeah, come and sit and talk Yeah, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I just, I've loved these stories and I really appreciate great. that you all shared them with us in such vivid storytelling and detail. And thank, thank you, you so much to Loco Cafe yes, they've been for wonderful. opening their doors to us and letting us Take over their back room and, yes. and talk, which, by the way, if you wanted to have a meeting, you could call and book the meeting room. It's a nice big space. It's a nice space over here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very minimal charge. Um, totally worth it. And but the food is excellent. The food is, food is excellent. Is wonderful. We all had breakfast sandwiches mm-hmm. before we started. We did. And we all got co- different types of coffee, and it's been wonderful. It's been great. So um, Google it, them. Loco Cafe on it's Clements L-O-W-C-O. Perry. It's L-O-W-C-O. If you do L-O-C-O like crazy, you're yeah, not going to no, find no, it. You can find my books if you look up that way. Yeah, Loco Yes, but... 
um, it's mm-hmm. Low Country Roasters or what they're called. Right. So it's Loco Cafe. Yeah. So thank you to Andrea. If what people wanted to be in touch with you for medium type mm-hmm. services, how would they find you? You can find me on my website, andreasaintamon.com. That's all spelled out, A-N-D-R-E-A. S-A-I-N-T-A-M-A-N-D, andreasaintamond.com, and I give all types of readings, mediumship, psychic, wonderful. You can check it out. And we've had several, and we love them. Yes. Love them. Yes. And and you never know who's going to turn up. No. And Bruce, how would um, our listeners find Find you? Would you want want to be found? Right now, uh, my company is Lost in Legend, okay. and um, I do have a Facebook page, and that's how most people contact me, um, or through the History Press or um, Schiffer Publishing about the book projects. Of course, you can look up the book projects through Amazon and okay. Barnes and & Noble, and they're all pages. And what is your, what is your um, web address? Is it um, lostinlegend.com? Y- yes, okay. lostinlegend.com, but... Right now, there's some transitions, there's some new projects that are starting sure. to open up. So, right now, as far as the website that I have, it's, it's shut down again, okay. making some changes. Hopefully, that will come out within the next month with some new and exciting projects. So, okay. uh, so what, about, what happens? So, if I wanted to go do a tour downtown... Are you with Bulldog? I am with Bulldog Tours. And can, can we request, can we request you? you specifically? You could also yep. hire him privately. Yeah. Oh, oh there you go. You could do a private uh, tour. Yeah. yeah. So that would be really, really, so really So I fun. wanted to hire you for a private tour. How would I go about doing that? Don't tell me I need money because I already know that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you can contact me through the Lost in Legend Facebook page, okay. and uh, it does have a phone number and okay, information great. there, Perfect. so it's still it's still up and running, but again, there again, some hopefully some good changes happening in the future, nice. and some new Wonderful. projects starting, so we'll see. We'll okay, see what and we Halloween hope to have brings. y'all back on again sometime this month, because I think y'all have a lot to offer us, especially this month when we're doing some Ooh, spooky things yeah. and some kind of going off a little bit out of our comfort zone which yeah, is we'll have to find another <laughs> we'll have to find a, a local spooky place to record I'm from. sure we can find oh, several sure of those we're in the lo- we're there, in yeah. Charleston yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. walk yes. down the road and there will yeah. be a spooky spot yeah so we also have social media we do we have email we love email we love it when our fans email us to tell because us because we're lonely or, we're, well, we just need contact we just want to talk to <laughs> we us. just want friends we want some friends <laughs> you got two I but know but y'all don't email us so it's true. We need email because we're lonely. We, we just need affirmation that we're doing it let's okay. Just, let's just send thumbs up emojis to each Thank other. You. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Thumbs up. A heart emoji. Oh. Thumbs up. So you can find us. Our email address is murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. We also have a great Instagram. Yay! Social media. Um, Instagram. We're at, we are at sugarcoated murder on Instagram. Right. And on um, we're on Twitter now, but I don't really know how to twit. So I don't really know what I'm doing. And I think that they, the name they gave us was Sugar Murder. Oh, cool. Interesting. So um, I'm still trying to get into that. I don't really know the twit thing. Don't twit us. Just If you could just let me learn twit before we go twit. So You're a twit wit. I am a twit wit. So, so but we do have a, we have a website that's sugarcoatedpod.com. We also have a Facebook page, Sugarcoated Murder Podcast, or Sugarcoated Murder Podcast fan group, 
um, which you can go on and request to become a member of. We we yet to deny anybody. No, we had three new members this week. We did. Yay. Well, one of them's iffy. One of them. No, no, she's back. Yet. She's back. Okay, she's back one of them she, left. She came and then she left and now she's yeah, she back, back, which that's good news. And I only counted her as one person. So oh. if you count her the way she that happened, it's really four. Four, four new. Ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we are. We us. just got on Amazon. Music. music so. Yes, we just got added to Amazon Music. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're on all of the major podcast platforms. So that there. means now that you're on Amazon Music, we can just say Alexa. You can yes. already do that. You can oh, already really? do that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because we're in. We're on something called TuneIn, which is also oh. fed through Alexa, Alexa. But you can ask Alexa wow. to play Sugar Coated Murder podcast. Woo-hoo, if you forget the podcast, awesome. she's going to play you some kind of weird song. song. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but she will, have and the nice thing yeah. about Alexa is she'll always play the latest episode. Oh, so, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Nice. She's Excellent. always up on the nice. latest episode. Okay. Go, Alexa. So, we've got merchandise now. Yes, on, on TeePublic. TeePublic. We're getting ready to come We're out. We're going to launch Redbubble this week. Yep. What's Tea Public so, and Redbubble? They're just places where you can launch your merchandise and people can buy like an Etsy type or just it is kind of like an like Etsy. That. You it's put it's designs okay. out there. And they're and, artists, they're like um artists that go in and Yeah, it's not just podcasters, it's it's, yeah. it's freelance artists that go on there. It's a, there's amazing stuff on there, but cool. we want them to buy our stuff. Yes, we do. definitely. <laughs> and yeah. we recognize that the shipping on some of this stuff is a little high. And that's why we're gonna try and Redbubble we're gonna, too. We're gonna yeah. continue to work and see, but I've ordered several products from Tee Public, and I'm extremely happy with them. The quality of the t-shirts is great. The mugs are beautiful. We have masks we have now. Face masks, face masks now. that say sugar-coated murder. Yep, they're great. They so, have so far, lots of stuff. Lots of interesting. Bearing. They have pillows for your couch. They have shower curtains. They yeah. have, I mean, it's just amazing what you can put us on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> T-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts and coasters and stickers and magnets and yes. face masks and... It pretty wow. much anything. Oh so. my! <laughs> and the nice part about it is that we we get a little bit of money from it. We do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, so mean, that we can then afford to buy our baking supplies. Because <laughs> we do go through a little bit of baking yes. supplies. We do. We really do. So, so if there's any, if there are any people out there that listen to us that own a flour mill, yeah. that want to sponsor <laughs> us a butter churn, or a butter churn, and you own your own butter company or sugar company, we are happy to. If you want to sponsor us and send us those products, we'll only use those products. That's right. We could really use um, we could use some baking. Yes, items. baking items. Unless you're Staples. related to Harriet Mackey's cousins, apparently they've got problems with their baking stuff. Oh, oh yeah, their tea drinks yeah. and things yeah. like that. Don't send me any tea. No, no, no tea no, 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 no. or anything like that. <laughs> no. Well, this right. has been so much Thank fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for Thank listening. Yes. If you, we love you kill guys. people, we will talk about you. And stay sweet and don't murder. Don't murder people. Because then we'll have to talk that's, about that's you. That's not nice. And we don't like it. It's not nice. So And so anyway, wash your damn hands. Wash your freaking hands, please. And just wear a mask. It's it's an act of kindness to other people to wear a mask. Just wear it. It's not about you. It's about them. You yeah. don't know who you're in contact with that, that may be very susceptible to all sorts of things. Right. So don't be a mask hole. Just wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. My God. Wash your freaking hands. And we love y'all. We love you. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.